What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And here we are in Chicago, and it is spring break for our schools around here. And I'll tell you, I kind of like spring break because, you know, my kids are grown and and, uh, around where I live, everybody takes off during spring break. I mean, leaves. So the town is virtually deserted. And that's just a lot of fun. You can go to all the cool places and not have to wait in line or anything. Anyway, that's just a sidebar. Today, I'm here to, to tell you a little story about something that happened to me last week. And uh, it was kind of, uh, well, I made it kind of fun. It wasn't fun, but I made it kind of fun. And so I thought I'd share that story with you today and uh, help you to realize a mistake or two that you also might be making in your business and how you can adjust that mindset to a million dollar mindset so you stop making this mistake and uh, and you know what it could grow your business it could blow your business out of the water if you take it to the far far side of what you're doing now so it's kind of interesting so you know, you're, you may or may not be a business owner. If you're in business at all, it's likely that you have to do some sales. And uh, all business owners are salespeople. That's all there is to it. If you're not selling your personal brand, you're selling the brand of a product or your company brand or what have you, you're out there representing it. So when I say sales, know that this doesn't just apply to people who are working for other companies doing sales. I mean, even if it's about getting your kids to eat their vegetables, <laughs> you know, you're a salesperson, right? That art of persuasion comes into play. And and so I think there's something to be learned from this story for everyone. So you try and stay on top of that sales game. I know I do. But last week on Tuesday, I wasn't even in the game. Okay. I was, I wasn't even in the bleachers. I was somewhere wandering around daydreaming or something. I don't know, but I made a sales blunder and I haven't made a mistake like this one in quite a while, but it really helped me to review and, and to look at some of the things that I had been doing. So I received a call from a gentleman who was inquiring about one of my services. If you've listened to this show before, you've heard me talk about EFT or the emotional freedom techniques. And unlike my business coaching or my life coaching services, I sell these tapping sessions individually. Okay, because when you come in for coaching, 
and you know you talked to me about that it's a long term commitment unless you have a very very short term immediate goal uh that doesn't take a long term commitment 98% of my clients are here to because they want to improve their business improve their lives and you didn't get where you are <laughs> overnight even if it's a bad place right so you're not going to undo those things or you're not going to build on the good things overnight either so i don't believe believe in, in selling business coaching services in uh, by single sessions. In fact, I sell them by three and that's that's even I only do that for people who can't afford to buy, you know, to invest in longer term coaching. So anyway, just wanted to explain that. So upon learning that this caller, this prospect, right, was an entrepreneur. I saw, of course, a much greater opportunity for both of us and informed him that, hey, did you know I'm a business coach? I can help you out with that business, too. And he just responded. He said, yeah, I know. And then there was silence. As a coach, moments of silence don't bother me because it typically means that we've hit a little tidbit that my client is really digesting. And so I kind of get excited by those moments of silence. But for some reason, this one became uncomfortable to me. And I know now what it what it is. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was self-doubt creeping in. It was self-doubt. And it was, oh, no, did that sound like, you know, a sleazy salesman remark or something like that? And I started questioning even the fact that I brought it up, which is crazy. Of course, I would bring it up. And the words that left my mouth next really surprised even me and disappointed me. I said, well, it sounds like maybe all you need right now is a single EFT session. What? (laughs) He said, okay, that's fine if that's what you think, right? And so we arranged a time for the session and hung up. And I sat here just dumbfounded, like, what did I do? I definitely could have helped this man more. And I could have sold him a package of coaching so that we could really dig into what is at the root of his issues because he had said his business wasn't going well. Well, that was on Tuesday. On Monday, the day prior to the call, I read this little book, and it's called Go for No, and it's by co-authors Richard Fenton and Andrea Waltz. And it's it's a book about sales, and in it, they it's a fun little way they tell the story. It's only like 80 pages, okay? It's a tiny, tiny book, and I will confess that when I picked it up at first, I thought, you know, what am I going to learn in 80 pages? But I love this little book. It kind of reminded me of Ogmandino's writing, and uh, if you've never read Ogmandino's stuff, get out there. Boy, his books are teeny tiny. They're a quick hour, two-hour read, whatever, and they're they will touch your lives. So in this particular book, Go For No, the authors tell a story. Now, it is it is fiction with lots of facts in it, but they tell a story about a man who sold men's clothing for a living in, in the beginning of the story anyway, and how amazing he felt after the biggest sale in his young career. And he was just so happy about this big sale And the owner of the business came along and said, so, hey, nice sale. And, you know, the the character's all beaming with pride. But then the owner says, tell me, what did the customer say no to? 
And a, the character in the book said, well, nothing. He didn't say no to anything. I mean, my goodness, I just sold him everything right down to underwear. What are you, what are you getting at? And the boss said, then how do you know he was done? What a profound question. You know, we all do it. We all think that we've done a great job in selling something, but think about how often you apply your limits to the prospect's thinking. The salesman in this story had applied his own mental spending limit because to him, I'll say, you know, $2,000 was a ton of money. He was a struggling sales guy, but his customer obviously had some money. So he applied his own mental spending limit to his customer's purchase. He had ended the sale, not the customer. Very cool thought, right? So as soon as I hung up that phone on Tuesday, after I kind of did the same thing, I short sold my sale, in essence, I undersold myself, uh, it immediately hit me that I'd done something really similar. And that since my prospect had initially called to inquire about EFT, I felt uncomfortable suggesting anything else. And I developed an opinion of his personal spending limits and applied them to our conversation. Now, of course, there was also fear of rejection. Oh, if I push too hard, he might say no and he might just hang up and go away. And I really want to help this guy. He sounds interesting. So I not only short sold myself. But I may have prevented this man from participating in a broader experience that would turn his life and business around. And that part really felt icky to me. So it was a disappointing awareness. And it took me back to another time years ago when I first started coaching. I would say the first three years of my coaching life uh, when I made a similar mistake and I did it over and over and over again. So... As a new coach, when a customer or a client would buy a package, let's say they bought nine sessions and they came to the end of those nine sessions, I remember I would go into those calls so nervous. I mean, so much hinged on them buying more sessions, you know, their continued success and my financial success and my success as a coach. I mean, I was really kind of rubbing the dimes together to make ends meet. And so... I would get really nervous and that discomfort would come in. And rather than just confidently offering them the opportunity to continue the growth and the momentum that they've achieved and offer them more sessions, I remained focused inside of my head on how much money they were spending on my services. Because even to me, that was a lot of money. So these were my limitations. What was I charging at the time? I think I was I was charging like, I don't know, $425 for four sessions, which is, you know, at the time it was probably, you know, it was compatible to other coaches in my position. Let me put it that way, not to really successful coaches. So these were my limitations, not theirs. And naturally, my lack of confidence and my hesitance to ask for the sale often affected their purchasing decision. You can see that, right? Like, ah, oh, you know, geez, do you think you want to go on? Uh, da, 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 you know, but the worst part was that I was applying my limits to their success. Okay. 
if they stayed in coaching and kept that momentum, they could achieve so much more. And I can actually think of clients who left because I'm sure they sensed my uncertainty and kind of felt like, oh, well, maybe she thinks I'm done. Okay. And it's, it's really, it's just amazing. So when we come back from this break, I'm going to talk a little bit about that fear of rejection and what it's all about and give you some stats and some thoughts from actually go for no that will actually really shock you and hopefully reframe how you look at the sales opportunity the next time one comes along, which should be hopefully every single day for you. So we're going to continue talking about that, and then we're going to go on to seven things that you can do to start reframing that fear of rejection and move into a much more positive place so you can be happier and just blow your sails out of the water. This is Marla Tabaka, and we will be right back after this brief break. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. It's time to uncover the inspired team leader within you. Overcome the challenges of hidden agendas and miscommunications that create stress and a lack of productivity. Project management expert Norm Prevost and connection expert Heather Hansen O'Neill will provide you with a consistent infusion of inspiration and team strategies. In addition, your hosts will invite knowledgeable leaders to inject different viewpoints, situations, and solutions for an all-encompassing perspective on achieving winning team performance. Spend one hour each Friday transforming your mindset and increasing your skills. The Inspired Team Leaders Show, your path to innovative ideas and action items you can implement today to create a more productive team and feel amazing in your role. The Inspired Team Leader Show, heard every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time on ABRN, the all-business radio network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. 
also in the little story I told you uh, before the break, you learned that applying your own limitations, whatever they are, first of all, realizing that you do have limitations, because I think most human beings have limitations in one area of life or another. In fact, I'm positive of that. Even the most successful people have limitations is how you face those limitations and you discover and explore those limitations and you change them that is going to make the difference for you. So applying your limitations to someone else's goals is a huge, huge mistake. And I really do think that we all do it. And while I obviously, from the story I told at the top of the show, still slip up from time to time, today I do my best to release my limitations in any conversation, including sales calls. And I try to enter every discussion with open curiosity and with my mind open to an outcome that even I can't imagine. And when you do that, just incredible things happen. So when someone calls me to ask about coaching, in my mind, I'm not thinking, oh, gosh, what would be better for them, you know, a short term package or a long term package. I think, you know, what is going to help this person? And how is this going to be a win win? And anything is possible. And what are we going to get into? What's this conversation going to be about? And, you know, through that, I've gained equity in, in some very successful companies, and I've developed partnerships. And so many amazing things have happened. So the results have been really exciting when I take those limitations away. And they've been profitable and expansive for me and the people that I'm talking to. You know, I get a lot of calls from people or introductions, I should say, from people via email or phone calls or texts or whatever. Hey, I know this amazing person I'd like you to meet. For some reason, I just think you guys really, really need to meet. So how do you open a discussion with someone that you've been introduced to that way, right? And I go into those discussions feeling very, very excited about all of the possibilities. And I don't put limits on it. I don't think, oh, this person just wants to be in one of my ink columns or on my million dollar mindset podcast or blah, 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 blah. I think about the opportunities and possibilities for both of us. And it's just very, very exciting. So it's a big difference when we can not only keep our personal limitations out of our conversations, but remove them all together. Now, here are some sales stats from GoForNo that that I found intriguing. Studies show that over 80% of salespeople, and remember, that doesn't mean you're in sales, you're an entrepreneur, you're a parent, you're a teacher, no matter what. But 80% of people who do go for, for sales don't make it past their first year because of the fear of rejection. So the people who who literally go into some form of sales don't make it past the first year because of their fear of rejection. And entrepreneurs often have to close their businesses down after the first or second year because of that fear of rejection. So over 80% of your prospects Okay, 80% of the people you talk to about your product or service is going to say no. Wow, 80%. And and so you you think, oh my gosh, it only leaves me with 20%. That's a horrible conversion rate. No, 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 no. 
here's the thing. People have to have something put in front of them repeatedly before it's time for them to say yes. And statistics show, according to this book, that the fifth time is the magic charm. Now, what's wrong with that picture? The majority of salespeople quit after one no. And so the majority of salespeople are losing an infinite possibilities in sales. It's crazy when you think about it. And so you might be thinking, all right, a person tells me no. How do I go back and, and, and ask them again? How do I mean, that just takes guts, right? Well, what's very cool, in fact, this is another cool part of my story. On the third day of last week, so I read the book on Monday night, on Tuesday, um, I had that opportunity to practice and think about what I'd learned, right? And on Wednesday, I spoke with a client who was frustrated because she spoke to a prospect and she'd put some work into developing a pitch for this prospect and the prospect said no. And she said, that's the first time. I've ever asked why. Okay, now she's been in business for herself for about seven or eight years, and this is the first time she had ever asked someone why they said no. And I said, so when are you going to go back to them? Because her why, their why, I should say, was... Well, you know, to be honest, we just wanted to see if you thought there was a possibility that we could succeed at this with or without your help. And and so I think we're just going to try it on our own. You've given us some great ideas. Okay. Well, she was angry. She was angry that someone would take advantage of her like that. Of course, you know. And so I said to her, when are you going to go back and ask again? And she said, why would I? They're, they're, you know, basically they're evil, you know. And I said, no, 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 no. Think about it. You go back in a month or two or three and you say, so, you know, I was there and we talked and it was great. And I just wanted to stay in touch. And you said you're going to try this approach uh, on your own. Uh, tell me, how's it going for you? You know, I can almost guarantee that it's not going well for them because my client is an expert in what she does and she has years and years and years of experience in what she does and these prospects have none and so they're trying to become experts at something they have no business sticking their nose in because it's not their core business model, okay? So she said, I'd never thought of that. I can go back in a couple months and say, hey, let's talk again. And they probably will. Yeah, they probably will. And they'll probably say no again. And then we get to go back again. And so when someone says no to you in a sales opportunity, it gives you the opportunity to ask why. And that gives you an amazing amount of data. Think about the data you could collect. It's like a market research study. So we let this fear of rejection stand in our ways, and it's just a limiting thought. Limiting thoughts and beliefs are usually in place to protect us from a fear of rejection and expansion, okay? It's there to protect us from rejection. We think it is there to protect us from rejection and for growing beyond our comfort zone. Well, 
Hello, that sure doesn't bode well for an entrepreneur, now does it? An entrepreneur has to get past that if he or she is going to succeed. Now, not to say that once you're over it, it doesn't come back because as you grow, that these fears do come back. But you just learn how to work with them and get beyond them. And there is the difference between a successful entrepreneur and someone who struggles. So when I feel limiting beliefs creeping in, And when I feel myself getting fearful over them, I remind myself of one of my favorite quotes. It's an FDR quote from the first inaugural address. And he said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Almost everyone has heard that quote, but have you ever really thought about it? What makes you anxious when you have a fear? It's dissecting that fear. It's by thinking of about all the what ifs. It's by blowing that fear into catastrophic proportions, right? It is fear itself that we need to fear. And the fear of rejection is one of our deepest human fears. Because biologically, we are wired with a longing to belong. And we fear being seen in a negative or critical way. And we're anxious about a sales prospect um, cutting us off or feeling demeaned when we walk away from that conversation. We fear being alone. We dread change. We fear being wrong. We fear rejection. But what are we really afraid of? Because on a cognitive level, we may be afraid that rejection confirms our worst fear, okay? Perhaps we're unlovable or that we're destined to be alone or that we're destined to fail or that we have little worth or value. In the world of sales and business, in general, it directly correlates with our success, right? Enter the fear of failure. On a deeper level, there's also a fear of success that many people entertain. And so these fears can stop us cold in our tracks. And this is this one, this fear of success is usually at a very, very deeper subconscious level. We may not even realize it. So whatever they are, when these fear-based thoughts keep spinning in your mind, you might become agitated, you might become depressed, or you might become anxious or even angry. It's important then that you begin with identifying those catastrophic thoughts, okay? Oh, gosh, if this guy turns me down, that's that's just going to, I won't be able to pay the bills next month, or that's going to mean the end of this, or I'm just going to know this is a crummy idea, okay? Identify your catastrophic thinking and then question them and replace them with something healthier and more realistic, okay? Because usually catastrophic thoughts are not realistic, For example, if your prospect says no, it simply opens the door to the next step, and that's that information gathering, right? And you got to find out what they are looking for. You You can create an entire database just from the word no. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to turn this around. We're going to go through seven ways of turning around this fearful thought of rejection and this catastrophic thinking that so many people can get into. Because usually what you fear is something that is not worth fearing to the level that you've blown it up into. 
Okay, so we have to learn to cultivate an inner resilience by acknowledging and even welcoming whatever it is that we experience. And we're going to learn how to do that when we come back from this very short break. This is Marla Tabaka. See me at MarlaTabaka.com. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the WOW Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. 
And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And so I realize as I'm talking about all this fear of rejection stuff that it does take a lot of courage and creativity to bring an awareness to ourselves of the things that we like to push away and the risks that we don't take. I'm not saying this is easy. For some, it's easy. And and frankly, for me, it's become pretty easy because I get excited at the opportunity to learn and grow now. Whereas before, yeah, I used to push it away. I don't want to think about that. And I would just not think about it. But we have to if we want to grow. And as we do that and we become more confident that we can be comfortable with whatever experience arises when we connect with people, especially, we can initiate and deepen and enjoy these relationships in a more relaxed and fulfilling way. We can approach that sale in a more confident way. And as we become less afraid of what we're experiencing inside, that is, I guess, really less afraid of ourselves, right? We become less intimidated by the that by that rejection thought and more empowered to love and be loved and be accepted and be heard. And that's where you want to be as an entrepreneur. That's where you want to be as, as a human being. So here are some thoughts on how to heal your fear of no or that fear of rejection and be able to go back to these prospects time and time again because you haven't let that no, that two-letter word, knock you off your feet. Okay, you have, you know, when I ask a a client about their sales funnel and they say, well, there are only two people in it or two companies or whatever, I say, baloney, who who have you called on in the past that it's time to call on again? And this morning at the coffee shop, um, a, a gentleman friend of mine who is a very successful salesperson told me a little story and this Again, encapsulates what I'm saying here. He lost a huge account last year. This account, this this business that he sold to, purchased 100% of their inventory from this man's company. And he lost it. So you can imagine how devastating that is to a company. And what had happened is that company had been absorbed by a larger one who already had a vendor for the for what the product that he supplies. And he did not take no for an answer. He flew out. He talked. He did get the guy on the phone, the new person who's in charge. And he said, look, you don't even know me. You know, how can you say no to me when you don't even know me? At least give me the opportunity to come out and shake your hand. And he did. And that led to another meeting and another. And it took him six months. And finally, on the golf course, (laughs) once they became friends, this guy said, you got 100% of our business back. So... He could have taken that no and walked off with it, thinking he had to make up those sales somewhere else or or what have you, or that he was failing or, or whatever, but he didn't. And he got he, he ended up with, I mean, think about it. They were absorbed by a much larger company. So he probably ended up doubling his sales or more with this company just by being persistent, going back for that third and fourth no and looking forward to it. 
So let's go back and take a look at FDR's statement, which, which of course was in reference to a much larger situation, as in a larger reference um, having to do with the war and the depression at the time. But it's still so suitable for any fear, no matter how large and small, because it is so true. There is nothing to fear but the fear itself. Okay, so have you ever heard uh, the term of self? fulfilling prophecy? Well, that's what we do when we have a false idea about ourselves or a situation that makes us believe and act in a different way than 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 we could in a very healthy environment, okay? It's a false idea that comes true. You are definitely doing this because we all do. And if someone says no to you or or something that you sell, your business or what have you, you may become defensive, anxious, and even angry. You may approach the sale like I did with my EFT prospect who could have been a full-blown business coaching client. Um, eventually, these behaviors are likely to bring about the fear of rejection or the actual rejection, rather, which wasn't there to begin with in the first place, right? You put it there. You put that rejection out there to the universe, and now here it is because you're not acting the same way. You're not presenting it in the same way. And it can even get worse. For instance, you have what you would call a bad sales week, okay? Now, being the prophet that you are, right, you feel that you were right from the very beginning. And you might say, yeah, I told you so. I knew it. I knew this week was going to bite. I knew it was going to be a horrible week. Right from the very first time that first person said no this week, right on Monday at like 10 a.m., I knew it was going to be a terrible week, right? <laughs> it's terrible. Or how about one of my favorite? This is I know someone who does this, actually. It's one of my personal favorites. I don't want to get my hopes up because I'll only be let down in the end. Really? Really? You're going to do that to yourself? You're going to spend your entire life in negativity, possibly depression, anxiousness, fear, all so that you won't feel let down in one single moment? What? That's insane. That's insane. This person I know puts puts the skids on every single exciting thing that happens in her life because she knows something's going to be wrong. There's no joy. Wow. What do we miss in life when there's no joy? Can you see how this works? Some people just want to be proven right, even if it means a bad outcome. Expecting the worst can can act as sort of a, I don't know, like an emotional insurance policy. See, I told you I was right. I'm, I'm smart. I'm cool. I was braced. I was ready for this. I was right. It wouldn't turn out the way that it should have. <laughs> well, look to yourself. How do your beliefs around possible rejection influence your behavior? And how does that behavior influence your actions, your sales, your bottom line? You can't start to change your actions until you really see what's going on. 
right? So start looking for signs of what is working rather than just the signs about what's going wrong. And break out that journal. You talk, you, you hear me talk so much about journaling and I do that not because, you know, it's some woo woo way of, of looking at your life, but because it works. And the most powerful people, the most successful, powerful people, yes, even men keep a journal. Write about these things every day so that you can become aware of them. Now, have you ever thought about when you're in this negative place, have you ever thought about how you want to feel instead? Have you ever noticed how people having emotional problems often seem to tell you how they don't want to feel? Well, I don't want to be so broke. I don't want to be stuck like this. I don't want to have to do this. or I don't want to have to do that. Okay, now, you know, at some point, it's okay to do that to some degree, but at some point you need to work out how you do want to feel. So imagine someone, for instance, I don't know, like trying to learn a new language and, and they're afraid of it, right? And so they spend all their time focusing on how they don't want to study or they fear not being able to pick up the language or they don't really see the purpose in it. Why did they decide this to do, to do it anyway? Or they're really not going to be smart enough to figure it out. Well, that kind of thinking is going to get them exactly what they want, a lack of fluency in a second language, okay? So what do they want? Focusing on what you do want is far more empowering and motivating. It's just going to give you that lift in your emotions that's going to take you through to the other side. So if this person thought about what a better vacation it's going to be when they go to Madrid because they can speak a little Spanish and what that would mean to them and how they could enjoy themselves so much more and not have to stress about things, you know, then that might have motivated them to learn the language. Number three is thinking, and, and this is going to sound a little um, counterintuitive to what I, I've said so far, but thinking about where that fear of rejection began is also important. And it may sound like a contradiction of what we've been talking about, but it can be valuable to look at the beginnings of that old fear of rejection. And you know, it could be that you were taught by someone else, like a parent, an old boss, teacher, that rejection is the very worst thing that can happen. You know, maybe you're emulating your father in looking at the way you look at rejection. Perhaps you can remember specific times when you'd felt very rejected and how much you let it hurt you. Some of these traumas, as we call them, are big traumas. And some seemingly small ones can hurt us incredibly just as well they wire us to think in a certain way about ourselves and the world around us okay they shape our perspective of the world and of ourselves and of other people they create what we call that comfort zone okay so as long as you don't have to bust out of this way of thinking and take any further risk you are in your comfort zone and that comfort zone can get very very uncomfortable when you find out that you're not able to get what you want in life from inside of it and that you have to push the confines of it and get out of that box that you live in 
So when we come back from this break, I'm going to talk to you about a really, really simple, simple little practice that you can bring into your life that can take as little as 20 seconds if you want it to, but one that's going to help you move past this. So I hope you'll visit me over at inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco for articles on topics just like this. And we'll be back in just a minute. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions? in both their business and personal lives. Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years, and now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive, Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelov live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. All right, so I promised a little exercise when we came back from break. So I'd like you just to relax. Now, I hope you're not driving or even walking in a busy city when you're, you're listening to this. But if you can, if you're in a safe place, just take a moment to close your eyes. And imagine going back to one of those times as your current self you know, one of those times in the past from, from everything that you've learned since then and everything that you've learned from even from this discussion right now. Hopefully you've already learned a few things. Just imagine reassuring, reassuring that younger you uh, and telling them that things are going to turn out well. Calmly speak to them and tell that younger you, which is still inside of you, that the world is a wonderful place and just give them hope. That's all they need. Just give them hope 
This may sound like a strange little exercise, but it has such a powerful impact on the way many of my clients and, and people everywhere feel about themselves and those past events and beliefs. When my clients are ready, those who have had a traumatic experience in childhood especially, when they're ready, I have them go back and talk to their child self and offer them the things that they were missing as a child. And it is so freeing and so comforting and it just launches a new journey. And I just see amazing things come out of this simple little practice. This visualization, a conversation with your past self can actually help to rewire your brain just like the emotional freedom techniques, just like EFT tapping. And if you don't know about EFT tapping, please visit my website. It's so darn powerful. Um, just visit marlatabaka.com slash EFT or click on the EFT tab. And there are a couple of videos there for you to watch and uh, some, some really amazing information about how EFT can help you get unstuck and get past these negative feelings and fears quickly quickly. I tell I have people come in here saying, you know, I've been in 10 years of therapy and I have not ever gotten to this level before after just one or two or three sessions. It's incredible. So the tip number four is to leave your imagination, to use your imagination rather constructively. So trying to think differently is just a small part of actually changing ourselves. Okay. The truth is our thoughts don't always determine our feelings. Um, so emotion is quicker than thought. Okay. Your emotional brain, that file cabinet that keeps all of your responses to any given situation ever, ever, ever in your whole life, that responds in a nanosecond faster than you, faster than you can acknowledge. Uh, it, it's, it's incredible. It's the speed of light. Okay. So we're more likely to think differently when we feel differently. And this is why I use practices like EFT and hypnosis and visualization, daydreaming, affirmations, and neuro-linguistic programming, and just coaching, reframing things, which comes from that NLP. Some of these tools can be used to rehearse feeling change so that you can then naturally think differently without having to force it. Your feelings, it's the same way in, in what some call the law of attraction and manifesting things in your life. Your feelings, feeling emoting, feeling excited, feeling positive about the things you want to unfold in your life is the fastest way to get there. Okay? So... Here's, here's a little example. If, if a spider phobic starts to feel more relaxed around spiders, right, that's the goal, then they'll naturally think different around them. And I've actually worked with a number of people through EFT who have a phobia around spiders and actually ended up holding them in the end. So it's just amazing. So close your eyes and use that imagination of yours to strongly rehearse feeling and then acting differently in situations where normally you'd feel insecure. Imagine that exciting positive outcome. Rehearse that feeling of the win, okay? On to number five. We don't have much time left. I've got a few left here. So sometimes you have to just distrust your own opinion. You can't believe yourself. 
People who never learn how to question their assumptions, however emotionally clouded they were when they jumped at them, make life harder. Okay? If your perception is always so accurate, maybe you should get around to winning the lottery or something, right? You know, if you always know you're going to be right, then how come you can't pull those magic digits that are going to help you win $64 million? Part of my work with people is to help them be less sure of themselves when they proclaim something to be true. Okay, now maybe they're truth in the moment, but it's not the absolute Okay, so do you ever find yourself saying something um, to yourself or to someone else like, I just know blank is going to happen. So we're talking about sales. I just know this guy's going to say no. I just know I haven't, I haven't pulled together everything I need to, to convince him or her. Or, you know, I, I just know I won't be able to pull this off, right? Self-fulfilling prophecy. And you don't have to trust that opinion of I just know. And I, f- I have found, especially in my past, myself doing this quite a bit. Well, geez, I'm just not, I'm just not ambitious enough to do that. I'm just not smart enough to do that. I'm just not pretty enough to do that. I used to be there. I used to do go through all that stuff too, and that's how I know that these things work. Okay, so being more confident in life partly means being less sure that what you know is going to happen is the truth, okay? So you can relax and allow for the possibility of both good and not-so-good outcomes. Relaxing with not knowing is the key to confidence and also to enjoying life. Know that you will survive. Know that no matter what, and I'll tell you a very quick story here. Um, Years ago, I was actually faced with losing my house after a bad business deal, and I was panic-stricken. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was actually throwing up. I was so engaged with this overwhelming fear of losing my house. But then someone asked me, okay, let's go with that. You lost your house. Now what? I'd have to move back in with my mother, and I'm in my 40s, and that would be so embarrassing. But, But what's the worst side of that? And there really weren't, there really weren't a lot of bad sides. And you know what? I actually came around to thinking that losing the house would remove a lot of stress because I couldn't afford the house. So, you know, it it all came around to, all right, no matter what happens, I'm okay. I'll be okay if this future, quote unquote, disaster actually happens. And you can be okay. So number seven, question what that rejection word really means to you. If a man, you've heard this before, I think, if a man discovers a diamond in the earth, but through his ignorance or short-sightedness or lack of knowledge, believes it's worthless, believes it's just a worthless piece of glass, and so he casts it aside, he tosses it out, he throws it into the ocean, whatever. Does this tell us more about the diamond? Or the man. The diamond was beautiful. It was shiny. It was valuable. Whether someone rejects someone else can tell us so much about that person who's doing the rejecting than the person who is or was supposedly rejected. Think about all the things that people reject in this world. Some people have rejected life-saving medicine because of their beliefs or their denials. Okay? Oh, I'm having these heart, you know, pains, but I'm not going to go to the doctor because it's probably nothing. And 
<laughs> think about uh, things like when Catch-22, which was a huge best-selling book, was published. It was rejected by 21 publishers. And in the end, it went on to sell like, I don't know, 10 or 11 million copies. Okay. Abraham Lincoln, did you know that he lost 10 elections before he won the presidency? Hello. And now he's, he's the most referred to and the most quoted president of all times. It's amazing what people have rejected. People have rejected potentially wonderful relationships and partners and certainly opportunities for growth. It tells you more about the person doing the rejecting. So one of my favorite things to say to my clients is this is usually more about them than it is about you. Think about that. How often is that true for you, that it's usually more about the other person than it is about you? So why are you taking on the rejection? If someone does reject you, don't inevitably feel it's because you're unlovable or destined to be alone or or because you don't have a good business idea. Because what they've done is given you very clear feedback about themselves and an opportunity to learn more about yourself. So summing it up. Rather than wallowing in that fear of rejection or imposing your personal limitations on others, always open your mind to an outcome beyond the scope of what you believe is even possible. You'll not only enjoy and benefit from countless new experiences, but you'll grow and you'll touch the lives of so many people in the process. You're in business or you do whatever it is that you do because you want to help others. I have met very, very few business people who end up being in business just because they want to make money. And those who I do meet usually aren't very successful. There's a bigger why behind it. There's that what I call vision beyond the vision behind it. There's a reason that you're doing what you want to do. And when you can let go of these fears and reframe how you think and what you believe and, as you've learned, how you feel, you're going to have a bigger opportunity than other than ever, ever, ever to actually live your vision beyond your vision, your purpose, your mission, whatever you want to call it, your big why, whatever you want to call it. So listen to this show again. Take in this information. Go out there and start learning about it, learning about you. And miracles can happen. This is Marla Tabaka, and I thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope to see you here next week once again. And, of course, if you're interested in working with me, you can just go to my website, MarlaTabaka.com, and uh, contact me through my website, and we'll have a chat about how and if I can help you. Thank you, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and if you